what's up HVAC crew? Welcome back to another episode of HVAC RD with Ryden and Dennis. I'm Ryden. He's Dennis. You'll hear him in a minute. But we've got a really great show tonight. We're very excited. We've got a really fun guest. We we're very honored to have him come and spend some time with us. So, uh, you know what? Let's get ready for this show. Yeah, come on. So like I said, guys, welcome back to the show. Um, before we get started, just real quick, please go check out the HVAC R&D Swag Shop. We've got some sweet truckers and some stickers ready to roll. We've got more products coming soon. Um, you know, we really appreciate you guys coming and listening to us. So without further ado, I'm going to let my boy Dennis introduce our excellent guest for the season. What's up, guys? Yep. So I've been... I've listened to uh, I've listened to this guy this morning on a on another guy's podcast, uh, uncensored, and uh, I'm I was I was on the treadmill. I told Ryan I was on the treadmill listening to this this morning about five o'clock, and I was pumped, man. This uh, this guy we got coming on came from pretty much how I did. Uh, got a ton of stuff going on. I picked up a little bit that he's got something big coming for the HVAC world. So, uh, without further ado, let's bring in HVAC God, Keith Flores. Kane is in the building. What's happening, guys? Man, I'm excited to be on here. Uh, you know, I can't wait to get into it a little bit and uh, talk about what the future of HVAC really is. And I'm also very interested on hearing uh, distribution side. So thank you for That's having right. me, guys. No problem, man. Appreciate you coming on. Um, so you got you got the notes in front of you there? Yeah. You got some notes yes. in front of you? Are you coming? All right. Good deal. All right. So... Uh, just to let you know, we don't uh, we don't fire questions away, and you just fire answers back, right? So we'll keep it uh, nice, keep free it light. flow and conversation. And the best way to do that is to, as everybody knows, we got to talk about what we're drinking. Hopefully, hopefully Keith brought a little something to the table tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, like like I said before, you can drink water on the show. We don't care. We'll take care of the alcohol for you. <laughs> um, so let's. Uh, Let's well. Let's start with Keith. Let's start with him. See what he's got. So right now, I'm actually um, just finished a little whistle pig eighteen. Um, yes. It got me like uh, go. had a long, exciting day today, which we'll talk about a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, and now I'm gonna knock down this Peroni right here. I'm, I'm big, on, <laughs> big on Peroni, so and I'm not really a big drinker. It's usually like. Uh, I'm a big whiskey guy, so I like my good whiskeys. Right. Um, that's usually, you know, a Friday night or a Saturday night at the house, just kicking back with the family. Um, unless I have friends in town, you know, I'll pop open my um, humidor and have a nice bottle of Boss Hog or something with a couple guys. But 
not a lot. There you go. So, and I got really heavy into whiskey a few years back with some old friends, actually HVAC friends, um, that really started pushing me into it. And, uh, I don't think it's the healthiest thing in the world to be for me. <laughs> no, no, man. I've, I've tried to cut way back. Um, same thing. Just try to here and there Fridays, you know, get home, depending on your day. It still helps for a, uh, stressful day. It's, no doubt. it's one of those things that, uh, I enjoy the, I, I enjoy a good, and it doesn't have to be expensive bottle, just as long as it tastes, the flavors there for me. Um, right. I enjoy it, but it's one of those things that when I say literally not for my health, after I have a couple, you know, like just now I just knocked down a nice little glass of it and, um, you feel my ears getting red cause I get high blood pressure from the dark whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really, as you start getting older, you start like paying attention to that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, the clear alcohol is very easily easy for me to consume when I'm sitting at the pool, you know, at the house or something or on the water. Um, cause that right. doesn't affect my blood pressure. But I, you know, I had a long conversation with my doctor and he was like, well, it's that dark, that dark alcohol you like, man. Like it just don't, so it just doesn't like to... me. Just... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They say anything with color in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. I have, to, I have to drink clear Pepsi that they bring that back out. <laughs> What, what? I remember that. That was the nineties. That was yeah. definitely a nineties thing. It was, it was weird. Like, it was I Pepsi Clear, wasn't that? What it was, I think that's what it was called, wasn't it? It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't know. For me, I well, I'm a big, yeah. I'm, I'm a big health nut. Well, my wife is a health nut, so she got me to be a health nut. Lost a lot of weight, and uh, so I, throughout the day, I drink water all day long. And so usually, right. um, like I said, just on the weekends or something like that, I'll have a couple. Couple glasses of something. Yeah, water and alcohol. It's pretty much where I'm at. You know, I don't drink cokes anymore, teas, all that stuff. Once you once you cut it out, if you ever try to go back, it just it's like syrup, man. Yeah, I don't even drink cut out sweet tea, and I don't either. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've never been a coffee drinker. I got into. energy drinks for quite a while really like uh healthy energy drinks and um i just i cut all of it out altogether. just makes me i found that i found when i went to some of the healthy healthy energy drinks like Mm -hmm. i felt worse with them than i did just like a regular red bull like bang sometimes there's too much in it i'll admit like i was hitting the hard stuff hit the hard stuff Ryan would roll in with the just straight Red Bull. No, he didn't even attempt to zero calorie carb, nothing, just straight. Well, honestly, I felt I kind of always felt it was about the same as like drinking a diet soda. Like you're putting all the junk in there anyway. You might as well just put the regular one in there and, and don't drink the like one. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what, what's funny about that is uh, here I'll back up. Fifteen years ago, I used to drink. Uh, it's probably longer than that. Um, probably. Six We'll go back 16, 17 years ago. I used to drink a lot of monsters and I would drink those yep. things, you know, two, three a day. I, I, at that point in my life, in my career, I was really cranking it out and uh, building something. And so one night I was at home and all of a sudden I started getting these chest pains and I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack. I rushed myself to the emergency room and, um, they're, they're going, man, something's wrong with you, baby. Like, and I'm going, doc, just tell me this is it. So, and <laughs> and it, he literally asked me, you know, do you drink energy drinks? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, how many did you have today? I said, four. And he goes, two. Cut that crap out. <laughs> and he goes, what are you drinking? I told him. And he goes, you, he shows me what's in it. And he goes, man, okay, start drinking Red Bull. So from that day forward for like, we'll fast forward probably Five years, I was drinking two, three Red Bulls a day because I'm like the doctor told me. The doctor told me, "Hey, this is what I gotta go." And then, uh, you know, I met my wife, and uh, she was like, "Get off all that crap! You don't need it." And um, I just started ex- exercising, and it really changed. And a few years back, I started. I was doing a lot of social media with a, a 
couple influencers and they were really promoting this company called A-Shock, which is like, a, you, I don't know if they have it where you're at, but it, it's a, it became an international brand overnight and it's all, wow. it's really healthy. And I actually, I actually jumped onto that and I wasn't drinking anything. Um, and I actually started losing some weight, which kind of blew me away. But then I, I, I started paying attention, you know, um, I'd get, you know, little jitters, little shakes here and there, and, and that's just not healthy for you. But uh, no. they say A-Shock's good for you. I don't know. Too many rabbit holes we're chasing right, here, right now. Or at least I'm down to one Red Bull a day if I have one. Down to that. We're getting there. Yeah. And I've, and I've transitioned from the 12 down to the 8.4. So we're almost, we're almost away. The 8.4. Almost <laughs> away. Oh, and speaking of your clear Pepsi, Dennis. Uh, crystal Pepsi is what it was. That's what. And it then was. there's a dang article up here when I search it. It says Crystal Pepsi is back for its 30th anniversary. No, don't bring that back. As a, that was January 4th, 2022. Of course, it was CNN, so I don't know how much to believe. Yeah, you gotta watch. Well, since we've gotta watch since that. we've talked about how bad that uh our brown whiskey is, I'm actually uh I broke out, broke out some Basil Hayden toast. Ooh. I just, I guessed, I knew Keith was going to bring something like that. I knew he wasn't going to bring no craft beer on here. So, um, I got the bourbon out and this is, I haven't had this. It's, it's a, it's a Basil Hayden, but it's called toast. So it's kind of got a little caramel finish. Oh, nice. Pretty good. I'm on my second glass too here. I, I, you know, what's a really good one that I'm embarrassed to say, um, my family came down to visit and they got me stuck on on a hot summer day. I like sitting at the pool or the beach. I, I don't know if you guys know, I live down on the beach and um, oh, uh, Crown Apple and Coke. Oh God, Dude, we drink Crown, Crown Apple, Apple Ginger like we're going out of style. Jesus, you don't, I, that, I, I can drink a full It's bottle. pretty smooth, man. Yeah, it's I ridiculous. A, a full bottle and like not even realize it and go, what? What did I just do? Yep. Yeah, and I actually wake up pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Surprising. It's a it's a magical little deal. Yeah, Crown Apple is uh is the go to. I mean, they ran out of it I, recently here. Oh, they did here too. Like it was down to you were lucky if you could find it. Yeah, that was me and Ryan. Then I had to, right there. That was our fault here. <laughs> so then I had to go. To, then I had to go to Jim Beam Apple, and it's okay, but it's just not the same. Not the same. It's not the same. I yeah, I noticed a lot of my bars here finally getting it in there. You know, it for a while there, it was just, you couldn't really get it out anywhere. It was, you had to just buy it, but. I, I, so what are you drinking, Red? Well, uh, I, I feel like I should have opened my Whistle Pig Roadstock Rye, but I didn't. Because <laughs> I haven't tried that one yet. I got it a couple weeks ago, but it's still just sitting, waiting on me. But, uh. So that we actually will have at least one HVAC brew of the week. Dennis, lick your lips. All right. So today we have Rainbow Serpent from Orpheus Brewing. Hmm. And it is a raspberry, pineapple, lime, and vanilla sour. Those are like (laughs) four things that don't go together. I, I know. I'm so curious. I'm so curious. So let's. Oh. Oh. There's the crack. So let's see. It's a sweet can, though. Ryden likes the sours. I've gotten into sours the last couple months. Did you smell the pineapple notes? I feel like the breweries crush the logos, man. They got the branding down. Yeah. So Craft Brews, uh, I started dabbling with it and almost bought a little one in Southern California uh, last year. Do you feel like it came, it it went, and then it's coming again, right? I feel like this, the craft thing, God, it's been around forever, but it just keeps sh- it shifts. coming in waves. Well, the it's pro- crazy. The, the, what happened with for me is uh, a friend of mine owns this craft brewery, and he was just like, dude, you can have it, basically. Because uh, COVID, <laughs> COVID hit it. Right. And it, his... 
all he was doing craft beer, but it was like a private label. So if you owned um, Billy Bob's restaurants, you can call the beer. He would white private label it for you. Oh, you know? I got you. So it would be Billy Bob's Dark L, Billy Bob's Blonde, Billy Bob like whatever it was. And so what he was doing was all the craft beers for um, big hotels that were luxury hotels out here. And then okay. COVID yeah. hit, they went from producing, you know, a couple hundred kegs a month to five kegs a month. And it just like, there, it made no more sense for him. But he, he actually stuck it out. And I recently um, saw a few of his bottles in uh, pavilions recently. And uh, he rode the wave out. So good for him. Yeah, no joke. That was not a good or not an easy way for a lot of people. And no. I'm sure and it really wasn't in y'all's neck of the woods. Yeah, we're we're a bunch of idiots out here in California. I don't even know what the hell I'm still doing here. <laughs> Be truthful, it's it's crazy. Like I live in Orange County, Newport Beach, and um, we're really and I get it. The audience is gonna be blue collared, so they're I we're all speaking the same language. Um, we're really red, you know, um, in Newport. Yep. Uh, you know, everywhere you look, everybody's still has their Trump flags flying and that type stuff. And, <laughs> um, we're Newport beach really didn't shut down. Um, you know, people were asking to wear masks every now and then, but it was not really shut down. Like most restaurants, I have a friend that went from, he went from owning one restaurant to, I think he's opening up 14 by the end of this year. He's now into nine of them, but he'll have 14. Jeez. Because he took it and ran with it. He watched everybody else close down and he said, F everybody else. I'm going to stay open and I'll deal with the, yeah. f- <laughs> with the fines. And he just, you got to eat somewhere. Yeah. He just blew, eat somewhere. blew it up. And exp- I mean, we're actually doing his house right now and I was really blown away by it. Well, that's good for him. Good for so, some people capitalize really well. So give us a little, uh, give us a little little intro of how you got going here i know uh i mean i guess we could start start with you know 12 years old ripping out some duck work right <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that how you like to start these <laughs> I, I, every, so every time everybody always asks me how i got into it i was born into this industry um one way or another i was gonna keep going at it i was literally right. 12 years old um, my brother-in-law asked me if I wanted to do a side job on a Saturday. Uh, a lot of people have heard this story over and over and over, but it's the, it's the truth. Asked me to do it on a Saturday. I went, climbed underneath this house, and he told me, just rip all this crap out. So I'm under there as a kid thinking, all right, cool, this is fun. You know, it's a it was a belly crawl, but it had, a, it had probably two feet, three feet underneath it. And um, I'm under there ripping it all out, and I hear my brother-in-law up, up top talking with the homeowner and we all still know the homeowner uh, they became friends and um matt my brother-in-law was just like i can hear him doing something out there and they're giggling laughing and whatever they're up there smoking weed <laughs> and i'm under there <laughs> i'm under there working my ass off not thinking nothing of it no big deal and i've never told that portion of the story because matt would now now he can laugh about it but there's been a few just <laughs> but um him and Jim were up there smoking weed. I, I come out and he's, t- he, I come out and he tells me, Hey, do this, this, and this. And he shows me. And back then we were just using gray, gray duct tape. So I, you know, he said, throw the inner barrier around this and do it. And then throw the, it was a small house, you know, probably six runs. I spent the whole day out there putting it all together and knocked it out. <laughs> the next day, next day he tells me, um, come back over and I'll pay you. So I ride my bike over to his house and, he pulls out of his freezer, you know, a big wad of cash and throws me 200 bucks. And I was like, son of a bitch. How can I do this again? Yeah, that's like right. 12 years old. Come on, man. Hooked. Yeah. After that, I was hooked. There was no looking back for me. Um, every chance <laughs> I got. Every chance I got. I mean, I told, you know people hey yeah i'm gonna work this weekend you know i, I want to work next weekend i want to work on the in the evening times and my brother-in-law who owns a very large successful hvac company in the bay area to this day he has work ethic like no nobody else to this day 
he is a early riser and the last he's always the first one there last one to leave um yeah and even though the size of his company is you know where it's at he's still that guy you know um and i always looked up to him for that and so i got a lot of my work ethic from him and my father but uh i've i sit back to this day and i always laugh and every time i see him you know i talk about this type stuff and i said hey do you ever listen to that podcast i mentioned you know, he goes i don't listen to that shit keith I, just, <laughs> I got stuff to do man yeah, I and I, I'll, I'll like uh tell him hey i tagged you in this post uh, and he goes i don't even have anything what are you talking about i'm like well you know i tagged my sister he's like well yeah she probably she probably showed me i don't care i'm like <laughs> like matt you don't understand your business is worth so much because of what their capabilities are so he taught me so he taught me how to do the duck work and stuff. And over time, you know, gradually it, I ended up doing table layout. Um, during that time of doing learning table layout, uh, you know, I had to clean bathrooms and go pick up the owners, dog shit at their house and that type of stuff. You know, I just I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to be a part of the, the industry. The right. camaraderie is what I loved about it. You know, um, there yep. was guys that were the sheet metal fab guys, the two main foremans. Uh, I remember their names to this day, Danny and Paul. Danny still works for my bro uh, brother-in-law. But uh, they were just two young kids at the time, probably 18, 19 years old. They always had some side hustle going. And they, they, they literally, I just loved how everybody respected each other. And there was just a that blue collar, you know, handle, handle the business. And that's what I always loved about it. I never was deterred right. from that. I was going to say, you don't, you know, when's the last time you met a guy that just kind of gets, he's late to everything, kind of dicks around and just becomes super successful, right? <laughs> when's the last time you met a guy like that? Stop I mean, talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Riding is late to everything, but, oh. uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, unless they're born, you, you see a guy like that young, you know, He's gonna do something. Like you can see it. I've got it sticks out. Well, we've got that one that one kid that works for one of my contractors. I mean, he's an H one so in North Carolina we've got H one well excuse me. We got H three, which is kind of your base fifteen ton and under residential light commercial. And then you've got H two, which is full commercial, and then H one is hydronics, boilers and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um so this kid has got his H three is H2. He's the one of the youngest licensed electrical contractors in the state. Actually, he might be the youngest electrical contractor in the state. He's only 22. Yeah. And I mean, he's before it's over with, he is going to crush it in this industry. And I love just watching him. So they don't require a certain amount of years in the industry. To they, they, they do, but he is, he's been doing it since he was 17. Gotcha. So they've it's, counted, uh, it's so all it's hours. Like, yeah, as long as yeah. you've got hours based on a work permit, which so like the reason, you know, I grew up and that's my dad's, you talk about getting work ethic from your father. My dad's 80 and he's still running his business. One day he might retire. He just, he loves getting up and going to work every day because it gives him purpose, but he loves this industry because it's always something different every day. He gets to solve a different problem every day and feel good about it. <clears throat> I think that's what it boils down you know? I think it boils down to that of being able to solve that problem every day and seeing the you know, the fruits of your labor when you build every day and you can either you did a, a a service call and you fixed the problem or you did an install and you can see like where it started and then where it finished. And, right. you know, that's where I love, you know, um, the evolution, especially the evolution of our industry uh, for technicians. You know, I had to learn the hard way from changing out capacitors and contactors, you know, I didn't know how to test stuff. Uh, you know, I was shocking myself all the time and shooting right. screws and coils. And I had no idea half the time what I was doing nowadays. They got that damn phone and they can look up anything they want. Yep. And it's, yeah. I mean, you think about guys like, like Ryden's dad, right? When he's in the crawl space and he's got this blink code on this something you know the, the model and all that's gone and i mean we just google it like yeah. you just type in pdf and a brand and yep. it just pops up right like uh 
Yeah, there's a whole different different uh, technique back then. And guy, I feel like you know, of course, I'm I'm in tech support, right? And I do training, so um, I build a lot of running systems and training boards for these guys. You know, they come to come to the branches, and I give little classes. But uh, you still you, you still got to do troubleshooting just like they did back in the day. I think. Um, well, try to try to put the phone down and try to really know how well, it works, you talk you know? about it all the time dennis the biggest thing is so many and, and keith you've you've talked about it on you talked about it with gil but you've talked about another stuff before you know you get these tech school kids that come out there and they just they think they're supposed to know it all and they don't even know process of operation let alone anything else so they can't diagnose anything anyway but they want 120 grand a year but they haven't yeah. they haven't they haven't walked through even what the basics of what's the system telling itself to do in order to get to what's may or may not be working. I, I love listening to Dennis talk about going through process of operation. You know, I, all of my time I spent primarily an in install because, you know, I got thrown in a work truck at five and I was a gopher until I could run duck work and run a crew, but I was never really a tech guy. So I listened to Dennis talk about sequence of operation. I'm like, that's what I didn't get. I was in a different spot most of the time. Yeah, and you know the, these kids coming out of technical school and stuff. I I, I feel for them because they get they get sold a bill of goods. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, it's a business, man. It I really is. And I hate getting on here and bashing these schools. Yeah. I don't I don't know whose fault it is, but it's a problem, man. It yeah. really is. And I hate to say that and not and not have a huge solution. I, I'm trying, you know, a little at a time. I'm working. But, I'm working on a solution with a bunch of national guys. Um, hopefully. It'll come through for us all over the next two years or so. But uh, there, yeah, I mean, you could you could do a podcast. You could do four podcasts, four hours long on that subject, man. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's it it drives me insane because I I feel for these kids, you know, um, and older guys too. Because I hired a guy the other day, that right, was like in his fifties, that had to change because of COVID, and so he went to school, but. He had some engineering background, so I figured, all right, I'm going to give this guy a shot. You know, a week into it, I was having a deep conversation with him going, dude, this is not this is not for you, man. You're not going to be able to make it. I'm, I'm sorry you're not going to be able to survive. What, what we need to – and I pointed him in the right direction. I said, you need to be a commercial guy that's just slinging filters every day. You know, you need to be a maintenance tech. You don't, you don't understand any of the operations of how these things work. And he was very arrogant, very over the top when he first met him. You know, right. he was an engineer. Most engineers, that's they think they know everything. Oh, yeah. But, so, I, you know, I want to back up a little bit because I – and you probably hear – so I have, I've done a bunch of podcasts and I always talk, you know, some way or another I end up talking about this. And it's it's about my son, my older son. Right. How he has came up in the industry now, because that's what what we really need to be, you know, bleeding out to everybody is we need a second generation to happen for us. And for me, my son is the next generation of tech technicians out there. And everybody goes, ah, well, he got to, you know, even my wife goes, yeah, he got to piggyback off of you. Yeah. For social media. Yeah. He got to piggyback off me. Because you know the name and everything, um, but when it comes to the troubleshooting part, I didn't want him to come into working for me. I wanted him basically to go to you know Duke University or you know start with one of the other companies and then fall into it. Because you know being the owner's son, blah blah blah, that will you know stigma. Right. And so I told him if he really wants to know it, I'll teach him how to talk to people. But other than that, you know you need to learn this this trade and so what he would do is he has the work ethic like me he's still out installing right now um he went on youtube and then he started reaching out to social media guys and so now to this day i will and people know this i will put him up against any technical guy and he's 22 years old i'll put him up against any technical guy and he can have a conversation and understand exactly what's going on with the system. He can diagnose over the phone. He can, and that's not just proud dad. That's just, there's a, a way to teach people and there's a ton of good stuff and good content out there 
that people right. can learn. Right. And they don't have to spend twenty thousand dollars to go to school and then get stuck in a debt. And that's what I tell. Well, so I'm. That's what I tell most. I'm people. working with a. I'm working with a. Uh, it's a small contractor um, in North Carolina. Here, that's where that's where I'm at, and you know he's a he's a form you know it's him he, he got his got his license and he jumped jumped ship and went on his own and it started going pretty good he's got one year under his belt and you know it's starting to get a little bumpy for him um calls aren't really coming in you know he's trying to find leads and that was another thing we was going to get into but um he's came to a bunch of my classes when he worked at other companies and like I said, I keep it short, you know, two hours. I got running equipment up there. I get right to the point. Like if it's a furnace class, we're getting right to it. Like let's, let's get into it. Cause these guys aren't going to take, but so much in, in this little class, you know, and, uh, putting their he's on like, is totally yeah, thing. I mean, so he, he sat down <clears throat> with me one day. He's like, dude, we got to come up with like minimum, like a six week deal. We got to cut out all the fluff because I went to school too. I was always a carpenter, uh, wood guy, you know, framing and, and cabinets and that ind- industry just kind of fell off there. And um, so I went back to school for this and, you know, I got a good base, but then I went out in the field, man, and I was just thrown in a van just like, here you go. And you just fall on your face. Now, was I taught all that stuff in school? Probably, but it's all just crammed down yet. And then you get out there and it's like, Oh shit, this isn't nothing like we, you know, like where is your furnace? You know? Oh, it's under there. Oh shit. I'm not going under there. Like, uh, you're not in the lab. How can it fit under there? I can't even get in there. (laughs) Right. You don't, they don't go through that. And it's just a different, different animal. So I just feel like you could cut, you know, you got 24 volt circuit, right? You go through that. You, you kind of break that down, the type of voltage it is and how it works, right? And then, you know, components, how do they work? What do they do? And you just gradually start to put it together. Um, but once again, there's a whole nother side of this industry and it's the business side, right? Yeah. Uh, these poor guys are, they're, well, for one, they're in this trade because they're not a desk jockey or they wouldn't be in it. Um, so these guys are, uh, they get their license, money starts coming in. And now what? Like now I got to try to manage a business and I don't know what, what the hell I'm doing here. And a so, lot of them, they don't want to manage a business. They just want to go out and catch calls, but they thought they would make more money. Because that's what they own. are. Yeah. But yeah, they don't, they don't know how to put. They don't have. They have never even thought about sitting down developing a process to get from here to here to here. And that's where you know there is there is ways guys can reach out to, especially like me. I'm definitely a an open book. I can help people you know, like understand a PNL or how to start capturing some calls and that type of stuff. But there are a lot of guys out there that you know performance coaches and uh, success groups and stuff like that. And you'll start spending a ton of money going down these rabbit holes. And a lot of it is right. fluff because here's here's the truth. <laughs> yes. Most of those freaking guys have never ran their own company, but they're good at talking. That's right. So yep. they, they, Or they might be book smart, you know. Um, and so they, they're basically, and I'm not trying to, you know, I will call it out. It is what it is. They're basically con men. Right. They're out there telling them, hey, you need to do this. You got to follow these KPIs. You got to do this. And then when you raise your hand and go, hey, because I've done this before, what company have you owned or what's your company doing in revenue? And you're out here teaching me. Wait a second. Hold on. This doesn't add up. You do only teaching. You've never owned a company in your life. You own this company that teaches people how to build an HVAC company. Very cool. How's that work? Well, because you've, never, you've never been through the highs and lows of owning a business. And I have, and you know, some days they're brutal, you know, t- two days ago, I was just like, I'm, I'm getting out. I want to retire. And then, you know, I go fast forward to yesterday and today and I'm, I love the world. You know, it's <laughs> right. I don't understand that being an entrepreneur and being out on your own, it's not all just that 
beautiful thing that people see on social media and yeah, you know it's not sunshine and roses all the day yeah and for me you know i like being being out there in front of people and i get some a lot of feedback and uh, you know a trash talking on my on you know what i say or what i how i do things because I, I i am a little different from everybody else but you know i do have a lot of people reaching out to me shooting me dms and you know emails and text messages because i'll answer every one of you if anybody wants to ask me anything um as long as we're not talking vrf because i i i'm scared to death of those things just kidding but i i yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that type of stuff i typically defer those out to like my son but when it comes to hey designing duck work or troubleshooting a, a typical system up to say a 25 ton system or you know I can kind of walk you through certain things, or if you want to learn how to the process of a call, I can help you with that. Running a business, I can right. help you with that. Marketing, I can help you with that. But it's one of those things that you have to humble yourself to reach out to somebody. Because a lot of times, there was times where I thought I was king of the world. Like people, when they see my HVAC God, they're like, who the hell does this guy think he is? It started off as a joke many years ago. I was 18, 19 years old when that started, that whole HVAC God. Um, a friend of mine had got Jesus on the back of his service van. And I said, if you're Jesus, I'm God. And <laughs> we kind of laughed about it. And then a few weeks later, I get HVAC God license plates from him. You know, he gives me HVAC God license plates. And it's stuck ever since, you know, and I've had the license plates ever since. And then I incorporated it years later, but I, it's not that I think I'm above everybody because I'm always pivoting. I'm willing to change with the times. And that's where a lot well, of these, you have to be, you have to, yeah, be. a lot of these older guys, they won't pivot. They won't change. And they, they still look at the same KPIs. And there's a lot of big su successful guys out there that are doing very well that never had to change. But there's also a lot of big successful guys out there that, pivoted and that's how they grew so fast yep um, there's well and an hvac coming up man if you don't if you're not ready to change again yep this is this is getting ready to get yeah it's gonna, it's gonna change well and you talk you talk keith about losing an entire you know we're gonna lose a whole generation of people we're gonna I almost feel like in some cases we're about to lose two because there's still a lot of old old generation like my dad that are still doing this and then there's the generation after them, which in most cases would have been the ones taking over the business, but a lot of them didn't want to do anything. Um, so now you've got some places, if it survived, you've got a third generation that could take it over, but don't. But then there's all these people in this middle ground that are in a position to where they may not want to deal with everything that's getting ready to change. They may just get out altogether. Well, that's where we're private equity VCs, all these other guys are jumping into our space right now. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys know as much oh, as we I see it too. Yeah. Time. It's a little sketchy. If you ask me, it's, it's I've, a little... I've ridden these waves quite a few times. Um, <clears throat> they're big waves. They're cool. A lot of guys are cashing out, but the reason why they're in the, the industry and getting into our industry once again is because we're recession proof, pandemic proof. Yep. Um, right. But they're jumping in because you know, I had two guys reach out to me a couple days ago and say, hey, I want to sell my business, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what what's your EBITDA right now? And, you know, what was it for last year? Or they don't know. Or I'm they got their offers from private equity and they're like, they're just going to destroy my business and stuff like that. They didn't have most HVAC guys don't have a succession plan. They don't know what they're going to do with the business. No, so then you get private right. equity coming in and they buy them from them and then they just crumble up that beautiful little package that they had and they throw a bunch of young guys in there and it kind of gets squirrely for a while. Sometimes they, they last, sometimes they don't. But I think where I would love to see the industry is start building those generations back and build and it's, it sounds corny. I'd like to build the blue collar industry back where, where it's really good again, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. People don't realize, like when I, I have, so I own 50%, uh, yeah, 50% of a holdings company. We own a bunch of different stuff. And when I started bringing in HVAC talk, they were like, what? 
And I said, just trust me, trust me. Like, right. look at this. And we're talking guys that are, um, it's well known who, well, in my circle, it's well known who one of my partners are. It's, uh, you can look him up. It's a Brittigmeyer. And um, they're seven generations of wealth out of Europe. And it's, it's literally FU money. Um, but, they, <laughs> but they, but how they built their business was off of character and they had, you know, nobody gets rich. Nobody can flaunt their money. Nobody gets like, they're all held accountable. That generational wealth has sustained for seven generations now. And it's built a time and time again, a great business and the, the business is still thriving, right? Why can't we do that with ours? The reason why is because most guys get into this industry, like you guys said, they don't want to be a desk jockey. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do, they don't want to go to college. So they just think that this is something that they can fall back on or have to do work with their hands. Right. They understand that there's such a wealth, a massive wealth in this industry. Like you can make whatever you desire. It's how much you're going to, how much effort you're going to put into that desire. Right. Right. So like there's, there's guys in there that, you know, uh, service techs that make, you know, 60 grand a year. And I know some service techs are making over a million dollars a year being a service tech. Then you got some owners that are making, you know, two, 300,000 a year. Then you got some owners making, you know, just cashing out right now for $648 million. Like people don't understand that there's that type of money in this industry. And when I started talking to my workers, you know, and I was telling them, you know, I want to do something very disruptive for our industry. And they were like, what? You know, yeah, it's cool. Cool industry. A month later, they came back to me and go, I had no idea. No idea. Let's let's go all in on this gig. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I told you. <laughs> you know, because think about it. What's our industry really changed over the past? We'll call it 20 years. What's changed in our industry? Professionalism. Nothing. Well, well, really. some people have started to try to push a more professional front into it because Which is you great. mentioned it in another, you got, yeah, you guys talked about another show. People have, in a lot of cases, they have such a lower expectation of who we are as tradespeople. They forget that blue collar people can be just as professional as any white collar person. Yeah. Um, if you- well, I'll say what changed too is uh, we can't get, you can't get, well, everybody says you can't get any good workers out there, right? Well, you got kids now that are not wanting to get into it. You know why? To use their hands, and no, I, I don't even think it's that. It's it's because they still even parents still have that stigma about the blue collar industry. When I walk into a room, yep, people look at me and they think I'm like a banker, private equity guy, whatever, because I I wear a suit every day. It might be just me at the office for the day. And I'm still wearing a suit, you know, like I just, I hold myself to a higher standard. So when I, when I walk in and I talk to classes and groups, um, I would, I, I spoke at a college recently and they kind of got pissed off at me before, but I really like, I tell them blue collar is an industry that's untapped. And if you learn it now, over the next five years, we're going to lose how many hundreds of thousands of oh, employees. So it's somewhere. Yeah. If you look it up, by 2030, we'll be out five, almost 500,000 employees. Where the hell? Are, what are we gonna do? Nobody's doing anything. Oh yeah, we're we'll just keep on building them. No, you're not. You need to get out there and spread the word that this industry is an industry is good for character. It's good for building a family. It's good for you know generational wealth. You can literally make a good good living. I, I know a lot of guys making more than doctors and lawyers on a daily basis. Um, and these are guys, you know, 22 to 25 years old. They didn't have to go to school. And that's where, right. you know, the game changer is. For, for me, my biggest question is in our industry, yeah, we changed it. A lot of us started, you know, dressing a little bit better, having a lot of, uh, you know, having better bottom lines so we can do better things and show better. In- but the industry itself, what have we came up? A couple seared? What would we come up with? A, a, a nest? 
uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> what have yes. we really done? We have VRF now, cool for homes, residential, but like nothing's really like. Yeah, we're still, no, it's been we're pretty. Still it's been pretty stale. Yeah. still the same basic principle still applies to what we're doing. It's, I mean, refrigeration <clears throat> is not going to change. Yeah, it's what it is. And, you know? and that's what. That, so there's no big attraction, right? So that's what I'm getting ready to launch, and I would love to talk more about that portion of it. It's a teaser. We'll, we can jump later on once it's uh, ready to launch. But uh, it, like, and there needs to be a disruptor out there, and. Oh, I'm with you. Something needs to change in our industry because otherwise, if we don't find that creative disruptor, we're going to keep on losing these guys. We're going to also keep on doing the same thing. And so we're going to change refrigerants again. Okay, cool. Well, what else is that? What else are we going to do? Oh, we're going to go up a seer. Okay, cool. Elon's coming out with something in the next five years. Eh, we'll see if that really happens. Like yep. what? what's really going to change? And that's what drives me insane about our industry and it's taken me up until now the past few years um two three years that realized made me realize like hey there's nothing there's nothing's changed and um we right need, we need to make some change it, it boils down to what can we do um and all of us like what you guys are doing and i applaud you guys for it because it's very hard to put yourself out there and get out there and putting podcasts up and social media and making sure people like it make, make sure people don't you know it's very good what you guys are doing i i admire it that's why every time i'm either asked or i get a shot to get on one i'm like yep i get on it because i i don't care what people say um necessarily about what i'm talking about just other the biggest thing i want the takeaway to be is you can build yourself a f great family business or a great lifestyle for your family either you can work for your, yourself or you can work for somebody else either way you can make a lot of money doing it and it's not always about money but fuck, money makes life <laughs> a hell of a lot easier right money is a tool and the more that you yeah, have I've, the more I've, cool things you can do i've said on here before you know when i've went down the uh the rabbit hole of uh me selling, you know, upselling, uh, you know, UV lights or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and I worked for, I worked for a company that I was one of like 40 techs. Right. And I was like, oh, so this is how they do it. Right. Cause I came from a four man guy to that for just a few months before I got this job. And I'm like, holy cow, this is a, this is an operation here. Um, and it's all mapped out, but you know, we, yeah, we definitely gotta. We definitely gotta get something changing here. Um, I say it all the time about my son. Actually, he just came in earlier. He was just sitting here staring at me. He, you know, he can't hear anything. I got headphones on, but um, he was slinging some pizzas tonight. I had him working at fifteen. But um, yeah, I mean, he's always like, uh, you know, what? What do you think I should do? And I'm like, well, I mean, you're in music. You, you go. Let's go down that path first and see what happens. But you know, his school in this town I'm in, man, it's college, 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 college. Like, it's driven hard here. Um, so, and so, it is what, I mean, what do you do? And you know? I drove on me, too. Um, my dad was that older generation that no one in, no one in the, the family had ever went to college. His kid was going to college. Yep. That was his goal. Um well, because he thought that's what and, I mean, you know, and, you know. and his, you talked about, you said earlier, Keith, about having something to fall back on. You know, the whole reason they put me in the business from the time I could do it to one was one, I didn't get an allowance. I got a paycheck if I wanted anything. So that taught you to work real quick. And two, um, they said, you know, well, if you go to school and whatever you want to do doesn't work out, you can always, you can always fall back on this. Yeah. But, you know, and I went to school ended up with a business degree, went back and tried to do some stuff to help the business. It just, it, it wasn't going it was too set in its ways. So I had to go do something else. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I, there's so many, like you said, they just, we look at it and even then they just drive it home. Like, well, trades are great, but you should only think of that as a last resort. They don't that, give anyone the chance. Not everyone's even meant to go to school. There are people that trades make more sense for. 
Well, I'll tell you and what. There's nothing been, wrong with it. There's I bet you 80% of the people that are in college right now shouldn't be in college. No, they probably shouldn't. Because they don't have like that plan of what they're going to do. They're living. So I don't know how much you guys know about Newport Beach, California, but this is like one of the wealthiest places in the United States. And, you know, these kids are out on yachts. These guys, like, so there's a lot of money right where I live. And, you know, my kids went to Newport Harbor. And, you know, a lot of these parents would tell, say, you know, Hey, what school are you guys going to asking my kids? And, Oh, well, I haven't really figured out, you know, if I'm going to go to college or stuff like that, you know, these little things. And the parents would basically scold my kids. Why aren't you going to go to school? Well, my dad's going to make me pay for it. So I want to make sure I understand what I'm going to go to school for because I was, I'm strict. I told my kids, Hey, you want to go to school? Great. I'll pay for it, but you're going to pay for it. In other words, finally, hey, some, somebody else on here yeah. that said, I thought I was the only guy that no, did you that. You have to make sure that you understand you're not going to flounder around. And so like, yeah, I'm not paying for that. No. I mean, and one of my, one of the moms was at a, we were at a, a cheerleading thing event and she was like, well, aren't you just going to let uh, Coco go and, you know, enjoy USC and like just kind of spread her wings so she can, you know, spend a few years out on her own. And I'm like thinking to myself, are you? Yeah, I'll get her an apartment. Are you that shit crazy? <laughs> like, come on. Like, it makes no sense to let your kids just go and party for four or five years. And then they they still don't know what they're doing. And then they graduate and they have this degree and they end up doing something totally opposite. So I get it. if you need a degree to do like become a doctor and you want to become a doctor and you're going to, you have your goals set and benchmarks. All right, cool. Go to school. You want to become a lawyer. But to me, that's a trade, right? It, it that is, was a trade. He decided to go <laughs> so, so for, do that and he took the schooling for it. Right. I mean, yeah, so for me, I, you know, I speak at high schools a lot. I speak at trade schools a lot. I speak at colleges. Um, the first thing I tell people is like, Hey, this is what I do for a living heating and air conditioning. They're like looking at me like, why do they even have you here then? And then I start going into like mm-hmm. what, what that means, you know, and what, what that entails. It's not, I don't look like your typical, you know, HVAC guy or plumber or electrician. This is how I got there. A lot of hard work, a lot of fumbles, but a lot of missteps. And, but I, no matter what I became successful and keep on going at it. If you all think you're going to be the next Gary V or something, you're out your mind. Like, let's be real. You want to become like this entrepreneur and put, I'm an entrepreneur on your social media and, but you're working at Starbucks and you're, you're really literally only being a barista because your parents said you have to get a job while you're in college and you don't even know what you're going to college for. <laughs> it drives me insane to hear those type of stories. And here in Newport, that happens every day. And so I, I talk to these parents and I talk to a lot of these kids and I tell them, look, don't go to trade school. Don't go to college. You know, if you don't know what you want to do, like just go get a job for right now. Like you don't have to do it. Take a year off, go, go get a job. And if you want, you can come intern for me. I'll, I'll teach you the ropes. I'll show you some things, you know, here and there. Maybe this is something that you want to do or go whatever interests you. And this is what I tell everybody I had, uh, you know, a good good friend of mine his son was kind of floundering around he's 26 years old he i said he goes hey will you talk to him i said yep send him to my office so he comes into my office one night we have a long conversation and i said what do you really want to do with your life he's like it's already too late and i'm like why he's like i'm 26 (laughs) man i should be already doing it so i'm doing it now and i'm like no no what do you want to do and then he told me i said so look Go find out whoever's successful in your area that does that. Go see if they'll let you come in two, three hours a week and just pick their brain or pay attention to what they're doing and try and figure that out. And then it might evolve into something more. Now, fast forward three months, four months later, he's doing that now. He's in that profession now. And it's like, it didn't take much. It was just, hey, do they have an internship? Nope. Okay, so fine. So ask them if you can just pick their brains, you know, a couple hours a week or just come and hang out and watch how the business works. And that's where I I hate to interrupt you right there, but I feel like 
there's so many, there's so many kids that are that 24, um, like I've got another business that I've got an employee at who's in that same boat and he's, he's 24 and I love him to death, but I think he still is not really sure what he wants to do. Um, yeah, I mean, you know that, and I, f- I feel like there's a lot of kids in that, you know, 20 to almost 30 range right now that are, you know, the, some of the mid, I guess we could say the middle aged millennials. Does that make sense? Uh, <laughs> sure. Me and my wife, I just turned you know, 40. Me and my wife are always like, that, so what do you, what are we going to be when we grow up? Yeah, right. They like they don't know. <laughs> but they feel like if they don't have it figured out, they feel like they're afraid to go tell someone they don't have it figured out because we're, they're also afraid they're going to be judged for not having it figured out that they won't just talk to somebody about it. Everyone's so scared to just say they need to say they want to talk about having a problem. It's okay. If you don't talk about it, you can't ever get past any of it. And you right. know, there's, there's, there's so much to be said, you know, um, I, I talk about, I'll, tell you again my brother-in-law he he's like one of those i look up to him still to this day he built you know his company um from scratch and he like he'll tell you to this day it's never it's never an easy ride but he wasn't college educated but now he's really successful has this massive company um probably still to this day doesn't know how to turn on his computer to be real but uh (laughs) he he he, he builds, you know, they're a true mechanical shop. You know, they do HVAC, um, but they build chillers, cooling towers right out of their own facility. Plus, they do all their own sheet metal fabrication from sheet metal to copper. I mean, they're a true mechanical guy. Yeah. He is. Right. Um, but it's one of those things that you, if, if I guarantee if you talk to his rewind and go all the way back to his high school days, his college counselor, high school counselor, I should say, his high school counselor probably said, Matt, he's going to be a deadbeat dropout and probably will end up working at the local liquor store the rest of his life because he's out partying and smoking weed and whatever else. Now, fast forward years later, he's probably one of the more successful guys coming out of that little town. And it's all due to blue collar. He grinded it out, understood what he wanted and set some goals. And now he's out where he's at. It's man. When I'm, when I'm doing a training class, like I had one a couple weeks ago and you know, we was talking about how nothing's really changed. Um, and we got some, we got a few changes coming up. Right. And I, I was going, I always go over that. Um, you know, I'll have like an 18 year old kid. I'll have a 60 year old man. I'll have just, you know, it's a random group and, you know, I'll have a couple guys over there hung over, you know, sleeping. It is what it is. And I was go, I was, I was up there talking about some of the refrigerant changes and equipment changes. And, you know, I said, you know, this, this brand's going to be this refrigerant, this brand's going to be this one. They're going with their own thing. So you're going to have to carry like you know, five to six different refrigerants. And, um, you know, the young kids didn't even sweat it. Right. They're just still just staring at me. And all the old guys are like, man, I'm, I'm getting out of this. dude. This is ridiculous. Like, so that's, that's what's, I mean, I'm telling you, we're good. This next change is going to put a pretty good size group out and we're going to need some of them kids, you know, 19, 20, whether they're going to get their license or not, but, you know, they still, I mean, you got to embrace it and start getting after it. I mean, well, let's go down that path. So what, what owners in all aspects of our industries, whether it's plumbing, HVAC, it doesn't matter. They got to look, take a step back and look at the culture. And is that culture right. bringing yep. in the next generation? You know, um, that's where I'm really focused in on right now is, uh, you know, What's up, HVAC crew? Dennis here, recording an outro for Keith Flores. We actually had a two-hour show, um, so I figured we'd break it up for you. Hope you enjoyed what you've heard so far with Keith. He was crushing it. Um, And like to see you back next week for part two, where we really get into some, uh, some small company ideas. I threw that in. Um... So come check us out next week. Yeah, come on.